The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Back to the short game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Raiden Kelly, and I am joined this week by two of my very awesome co-hosts. The ghost of Nate Heininger. And the ghost of Lauren Ash. And uh, this week we are talking about speed dating for ghosts. So we, we often try to do themed episodes based on the time of year, and usually it's a complete failure, and we end up doing them six months later. Here we're only a few days late, so we are covering <laughs> speed dating for ghosts. Uh, as a bit of a theme for Valentine's Day, even though you won't be having this come out until the Monday following. Yeah, we are going to celebrate the ghost of the Valentine's Day you just celebrated with a game about speed dating ghosts. It works. And this very romantic game, uh, which isn't actually romantic almost at all, came out last year on Valentine's Day, and then this year on Valentine's Day, it was... 2018, I think. Oh, 2018 is two years ago. My yes. word, time is <laughs> I know, a... I also made that mistake earlier. So. Oh, man. So two years ago, uh, on February 14th, this came out on uh, itch.io and Steam. And uh, we're talking about it again this week because it just came out on iOS and Switch uh, as of Valentine's Day 2020. Yeah, and... Uh... I played it on iOS. I, you know, I think this is a game that works pretty well, probably on any platform, but it was very nice on iOS. Yes. And I very, very much like it on a portable device. It gets perfect for this little kind of dating games. You can completely immerse and also do a round or two of speed dating and go about your business. Isn't that the dream of romance as a person who's been in a long-term relationship and is terrified of dating? It's also very, uh, it's also very broken up into uh, discrete chunks that are uh, manageable uh, in a sitting uh, or you know even if just a couple of minutes. So I think it works well on mobile devices or for folks who want just like really quick little little bites of narrative. Um, this game yeah. is uh, written by Ben Galinas. Uh, who I don't know his work super well, but he used to be at Bioware. So he's worked on Dragon Age, Mass Effect. Apparently, he also worked on Control. Um, So clearly a person with narrative chops, uh, used to working in the AAA space, who created this game as this sort of micro-indie, I guess, personal experiment, which is pretty cool. Uh, And he was working with a uh, a collaborator called Mikey Ham. Apparently, he did the art and graphics and uh, music by Doug Hoyer. The reviewer at The Verge said that he felt very much like Michael Bluth looking at uh, Dead Dove Don't Eat, opening the bag and going, oh, I don't know what I expected. Um, <laughs> because it's called Speed Dating for Ghosts, and I I was intrigued by it because it uh, got a narrative nomination at IGF, and usually that's like a heavy hitter category um, full of short game favorites, and we hadn't covered this one. Mm-hmm. So I looked... So I was like, oh, it's going to be like a, you know, a monster prom or a, da- yeah. da- you know, the a dream, dream daddy. daddy. <laughs> and um, no, it's it's heavy on the ghosts. Like if you speak to <laughs> ghosts, they talk about death a lot. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to say that's what I wanted to start off with here because speed dating for ghosts. It's a funny name, right? It's funny. That's a funny concept. The whole thing, the little icon is kind of delightful. Everything about this game looks like it's going to be funny. It's a skull with hearts in the eyes. Yeah, it really, like, I was thinking Dream Daddy. Um, 
And r- really, this game is not a, a dating sim in any way that you might be used to if you've played a bunch of dating sims. I have not, but Reagan has, I believe, played 100% of dating sims that exist on the market. <laughs> so uh, maybe, maybe you can back me up on this one, Reagan. It, this is more like a it uses speed dating as a vessel to deliver straight shots of existential dread (laughs) and that's really what this game is but not just existential dread (laughs) existential hope as well sure sure it it actually is yeah you're, you're absolutely right it's a wide it's a wide spectrum and there is humor but i would say humor is the smaller component and the idea of what it means to be uh, a ghost is the bigger component, and dating is just a way to set up uh, ghosts telling you their story. But there's no like dating sim things where you're like, you can date everyone. Uh, there, there's no stakes. You don't have to like end this game where you pick like this is the one that I want to go that I want to be my like forever dream daddy. You know, like there's mm-hmm. none of that. It's really just bouncing around and we'll dig into the mechanics a little bit more but it's this the is this felt the least dating sim yeah it's it's Uh, more about companionship than romance it's about it's about making friends with these ghosts essentially Uh, you know i think the speed dating is a really good uh structure and we'll talk about sort of how it how it works specifically in the context of this game but like speed dating as an idea while like kind of terrifying to me in real life is great for if you just want to narratively introduce a bunch of characters and get a little bit of narrative and contact with each one. As someone in a new city, if speed dating for friends existed, I would go to speed dating for friends. Oh, yeah. If I wouldn't get murdered. But like speed dating (laughs) for friends sounds great. The thing is, in this game, you have eternity. So like you need new people. Mm-hmm. And and they don't shy away from the fact that like some of these ghosts are new ghosts working through some stuff, and some of these ghosts have been around since uh, sixteen sixty four. Spooky Peter. Spooky Peter. <laughs> Love Spooky so there's Peter. definitely humor. Uh, there's a guy named Spooky Peter. I mean, come on, that's yeah. funny. That's I humor. <laughs> uh, but he also has been around for six hundred years or whatever, and is really starting to feel the weight of that existence. So. Interesting game. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the, we can talk about the specific ghosts and how we liked them in a bit, but let's talk about like how this game tells its story, like structurally and narratively. What is, how does this thing work? Yeah. So it starts out and you meet, uh, I think her name is Fran. Uh, she is a, a, the, it's the first character you see and she has big antlers, kind of looks like a, like a deer, right? Mm-hmm. And she introduces you to, the concept of how speed dating works. She says, you're going to sit at, you know, you pick what room you want to go to and you're going to have a ghost will be appear in front of you. You'll be able to have a brief conversation. Then a bell will ring. And then uh, another ghost will come in. You talk to them. You're going to talk to uh, three ghosts uh, two times. And then at the end, you're going to select who you want to go on a date with. Uh, And, that's sort of the premise. You can pick between three different rooms that you go in, each having three ghosts that you'll talk to. It helps a little bit if you're, you know, if you haven't checked out the game yet to visualize this. It's done in an incredibly simple visual style. I'd say that the ghosts are all black and white 
line art illustrations that look very hand-drawn, um, minimal animation, mostly just their facial expressions. And they're bizarre looking. They are very bizarre looking. They are like, none of these ghosts are hotties. I, was, <laughs> you know, I, I knew kind of based on the- well. uh, well, okay. Riley's kind of. He's got some abs. He's got super abs, but he does have a football in his head. So. He's got the attitude of a hottie. Yeah. You know? These are, <laughs> I would say, like more like the Beetlejuice realm of ghosts and not yes. the like uh, monster prom cutie ghost type of vibe going here. And the art style looks like uh, kind of like marker illustrations. It reminds me of something that some, like all of the illustrations remind me of something that a particularly artistically inclined teen might draw on a bathroom wall. Like very, mm. um, very cool <laughs> art style, but also like very simple and kind of kind of weird not something i've seen before really in games yeah i would i would be cautious that that description almost makes is almost a negative but i i think this is a it, it looks really really nice you've been going I, to the wrong like, bathrooms man like sometimes <laughs> that shit's awesome how wait why are you where a in bathrooms where a bunch of teens are drawing. I don't know. Haven't you ever been a teen? I guess. I guess this is all coming from the fact that I went to an arts high school and the the, uh, oh, the graffiti. yeah, this is like HSPVA bathroom stuff. This is yeah. not normal. Yeah. So, uh, arts high school teen bathroom graffiti. Okay. How about that? All right. Cool. It's some real cool. good. I can't even call it Tumblr art because I think it's 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 kind of like got a little bit of uh, it's not the etching of an Ebergori, but it's got a bit of that spirit to it. Yeah, it has a feeling of like good placeholder art. It's got some organic yeah to it. Yeah, it's kind of raw and looks sort of unpolished in an interesting way that that um, I don't know. It, it worked for me. I just it is definitely like not not an art style I've really seen in games before. I don't think. Yeah. I would say it's a super high quality for what it is. It's very right. effective. So yeah. we don't want to think it make it sound like it's unprofessional, but it is it's got that unfinished quality. Mm-hmm. So is are these all ghosts of is everyone a real human and then this is what they look like when they become ghosts? Yeah, or, pretty sure. Or is this a world where there are like crazy monsters and different shapes of humans and whatnot and the ghosts can can be these things too? I believe from some stuff I pieced together, you look kind of like what you think you'd look like when you get to have it. Like it's a manifestation of who you were and how you died, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. So it's those two things combined make you into representation. And they never show you, which I like a lot. Yeah, you don't see you're playing an unnamed ghost. Uh you don't your ghost doesn't have a gender and you can date ghosts of either gender if the concept of gender even makes sense for ghosts. I, I actually think that's part of why the uh, art style is so interesting, too, is that, like, I, I think they really play with that uh, intentionally. And, like, there are monsters or monsters, ghosts that might appear to, at least to me, at first looked like it might have been a woman. But then it turns out to be the the at least in their former self, they were a man. It, it They really play with that uh, in different interesting ways. So the way this works in actuality is you come in, you're greeted by uh, Fran, the antlered ghost, who has a broken neck, um, who I like very much. And she's like, great, uh, time to get started. If you haven't played before, you are, you know, go through the the rules of speed dating. But you pick your room um, and the rooms are all three very I found them very charming because they've got rooms like House of Liar, House of Black. And then you click on it and it's like, you are in a reused conference room. You are in a dead garden. Like they're they're fantastically <laughs> uh, mood setting, which I 
I also appreciated the tiny detail that each room has a different thing on the table. Like you can have a glass of wine, you can have a dead flower pot. Like that's the stuff that I find very charming in a game like this. Yeah, it sets the tone really well. While still being really simple, like this isn't fully realized environments or anything. You're getting a a two line description of the room and a a line art illustration of something on the table while you're talking to the ghost. So very simple. It's mostly just about setting a stage for you. But that sort of disappears as you talk to your ghost friends. Yeah, and yeah, the Reagan's point, like the background is always just a single color. There is like nothing going on behind any anybody. It's always just a single color. Yeah, but I do like that it changes colors depending on what mm-hmm. ghost you're talking to. So you get to pick from the three rooms. Uh, they go from left to right. Did you all, uh, how did you make your decision on which room to go to first? At random, I picked the middle one first, then the left one, then the right one. I picked Based on the description, I thought like, oh, House of Liar, like maybe I'll be dealing with musician ghosts first. Like I still didn't know what this game was about. So I was like, maybe I'll go talk to Jimi Hendrix or something. (laughs) Um, And House of Black looked uh, spooky. And I was like, maybe this is where the scary ghosts are. And I didn't want to start with scary ghosts. And that was more or less correct. And that was more or less correct. Yeah. That's funny. We all did uh, the middle one first. In hindsight, I kind of wish I would have done the first one first, because I do think some of the ghosts there set up the world a little bit more directly that might have added mm-hmm. some more context uh, in the second and third rooms, because there were a couple times with the first ghost where they kind of uh, explained things a little more clearly about how this world works. And I was like, oh, that makes way more sense for some of these other guys. But I don't think it really it. There's no actual gameplay uh, decision here. It's just which order do you want to interact with the ghosts yeah so we're going to do a spoiler break in a little bit before we talk about uh specifics of the like the details of the actual dates with the ghosts but the structure here is that in each room you have a sort of two round round robin of the three ghosts in the room where you talk to them a little bit each in order and then you talk to them again each in order and then you pick and uh so we're not considering it spoilers to talk about sort of the generalities of these ghosts uh, personalities that you encounter during the initial speed dating round, uh, but we're holding the specifics that you learn about them during the actual dates for post-spoiler break. So I don't think we probably need to or have time to talk about all of the ghosts in this game, but I thought maybe we should talk a little bit about like what what, what sorts of people slash ghosts are these? Like wh- how do these uh, how do these conversations go? And maybe some of the themes that the game kind of touches on. Yeah, I think one of the main themes that is really touched on is how how long has the person that you are going on a date with been a ghost and how do they feel about being a ghost? Because you have some people who very recently died and became ghosts and they are very, very uncomfortable with the fact and they're kind of working out their feelings. And then you have people who've been ghosts for a very long time. And whether they like it or not, they're pretty comfortable with sort of their existence as ghosts, and they're just trying to figure out, like, what's next. Every conversation has the option, every time you talk to one of these ghosts, you have the option to talk to them about how they died and, like, what their what their life was like. Get a, a sense of that. And you, apparently, like, this is just all ghosts talk about. is like, okay, who were you when you before you died, and, uh, and how did you die? I love that one of the ghosts even complains about that. They're like, everyone at the speed dating just keeps asking me how I died. It's so boring. Yeah. So that's obviously kind of a, a big theme of just, like, death and, like, different ways that people can view their own death in retrospect, I guess. 
it's pretty interesting because like some of these people, they've they've sort of made their peace with it. Others are still really upset about it. And, you know, some of them left important things behind and others have already sort of moved on. And it's just interesting to get those conversations. The biggest thing that this game does really well is that those conversations are pretty branching. You get a lot of freedom about what to ask about. There's pretty frequent dialogue choices that while I haven't played through this multiple times in order to really get a a clear like mental map of the conversations, it feels very branching to me in a way that feels pretty natural. Yeah, I think you can control whether you talk about the ghost past or present or future. In a lot of games, feel like you would be asking everybody one of those three things, depending on the ghost. I was playing on a phone and I I knew I had to quit mid-save. So it, it's not a game problem. It's I knew that I needed to interrupt and start it back over. Picked a couple different options. Really, the conversation will change kind of like speed dating. It's you. They pick up what you... Yeah. said and we'll move forward. It's funny you bring that up, Laura, because one sort of, you know, annoying thing that I did run into twice on this game is because I played it on phone as well and I had to put down a couple times. They they make it clear at the beginning that uh you know, there's a little sa- autosave symbol and that uh it'll only autosave at the completion of a room or at the completion of a date. And so every mm-hmm. every time I try to get to that one of those points, you see the save symbol in the top left of the screen a big okay i'm good and i close it and twice i had to go back and do the full round of two round robins with everybody to get back so i would like do Mm. all of it i would do all of it and get to the point where you get to pick which of the three you want to date and based off of the auto save symbol and what it had told me i assumed that i was safe to quit the game and twice i had to like go through the whole thing Mm. again and that's the long that's the longest part of the game is like longest individual moment of the game is going through the full two rounds of all three dates. Yeah. And so it was a little annoying. I don't know if that was me not not fully understanding it or it not working properly, Uh, but it happened to me twice, which was annoying, but it did give me the opportunity to to play with it a little bit more because I had to go through the full thing twice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I was just tapping really quickly to get through a lot of dialogue that was all the same, but I did try to mix up the decisions a little bit. And I think it just depends. I think there are some times where you have multiple options and regardless of what you say, it'll go on two different branches, but they'll go right back to the same path. Or sometimes it'll send you on an entirely different spiral. So I, I, it's it's a pretty interesting dialogue tree. It was hard to tell when a decision I was making, a uh, thing I was saying was just going to be a little in the moment thing, or was it going to completely spiral the entire conversation into a different route? And I actually liked that. I, I, I like not knowing, you know? And I will say real quick, the autosave thing, it did just release on iOS on the 14th. And so hopefully they'll fix that in an update. So there must be like a not technical, but design reason for some of that. Like it seems they're they're very uh, upfront about like, okay, this game only autosaves at these specific points. And it feels like a design decision, but I'm not entirely sure why. So if you like mess up a date, you can reset. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I must. I feel pretty confidently that I followed the rules of the game and tried to exit when the game told me it was okay. It even did the save mm. symbol. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, that's, I think, that's a bit different. I think it's a bug, uh, but I, you know, I can't say for sure because I'm, you know, just yeah. I, on my I played the uh, I played the Mac version that I downloaded from itch.io and I did not have that issue. So if you're concerned, maybe go for that version. I, I thought it was a good version. Or wait a week and see if they update. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah. Branching off from what you were saying a moment ago about how the the dialogue doesn't really like tell you or like telegraph what's an important choice and what isn't. Something that kind of surprises me, knowing this was from a uh, a writer who has previously worked at Bioware, is like the the Bioware house style for for dialogue in video games has always felt a little bit like. Um, here's a list of 12 things that you can talk about and you can go through each and every one of them. And so, you know, dialogue menus often kind of feel, and this is pretty common in a lot of games, not just Bioware, they feel like a checklist of conversational beats that you can hit maybe in any order, but like it's a it's something that you, you can kind of go in and mine that conversation if you want for every single scrap of dialogue. And there's no real way to just totally miss stuff, uh, at least not in most conversations. Um, whereas this is more, it feels more conversational. It feels branching. Every choice you make does feel like it's, it's you know, it's a choice that's giving you access to some new information, but maybe locking you out of other parts of the conversation in a way that I really appreciate. I kind of, I know that that's, that means that there's going to be dialogue written in this game that most players won't see, or at least that I, you know, that each player gets their own percentage of that conversational tree. But I really appreciate that style of writing in games where you've got these sort of very naturalistic flowing conversations or it sort of feels that way where you're not going to go down every possible avenue. You're not going to have a menu option that says going back to the previous topic that takes you back to a, a different menu of conversation choices. It doesn't work that way. I really appreciated that. Yes, I think they make that very clear too, because uh, if you go to the options in this game, uh, which I don't know about you all, but whenever I start a new game, I almost always go into the options first just to see what I it's can. It's a sickness and I have it as well. Yeah, you know, just to see what I can play with and if I can make things better for myself. Like I did, uh, I was hoping maybe I could make the text go faster in this game too. So I could just like, when I had to play through everything again, I wanted to just like tap even best. But anyway, there's not a lot of options in this game, which is fine. But one of the big ones right there is erase date data. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it very clear that you know, this game wants you to probably hit that button at some point and play the whole game over uh, making different decisions. This is like the classic anonymous protagonist sort of game. You are creating the the story of the protagonist by the selections that you make as well. You can be this really thoughtful, caring uh, ghost who just wants to support everybody. And that's why they're speed dating. You can be this like asshole that is there to like poke every uh, gap in someone's story and make them tell you how they died. It's a huge range of questions. Uh, and it would like I am intrigued to go and, you know, I, I, I played this game mostly as like a relatively nice person who just wanted to, you know, meet these people. But you can play it as a total asshole. And I think that'd be interesting as well. Yeah, there is a, an achievement for getting rejected by everybody. Um, and also for uh, leaving speed dating before it starts. So it's pretty flexible. I, I think that's what people are using the resets for. It seems like that's the um, – it, it's funny because people in the Steam community are like, I really want the achievement, but I feel so bad being mean to Hattie. <laughs> yeah, that's that so funny hard. because – so and and that does just, you know, describe a little bit because – or um, explain a little bit to me because – so I completed this game and I never had any I, I was able to date everybody. And that's so what I was saying at the beginning of this, that it's pretty open. You're not it's not like a normal dating game where you're making one single decision. You can go on the date with uh, as many of these ghosts that will let you go on a date with them. Uh, and I had all of them. I went on a date with all of them and I kind of assumed 
that that's just how this game goes. And the, the texture of the date and like the way the conversation goes on the date would, would uh, be altered depending on how you uh, approach them. But after this conversation and, and I know some of Reagan's experience, you can not be invited yeah. on a date with all of them. Yeah, I may end up needing to use that reset option that you mentioned because at least one of the ghosts, so I, I apparently locked myself out of some of the content in the game because one of the ghosts, not to get too into spoiler territory with it, but one of the ghosts uh, has a very standoffish way of when you first meet them in the initial round of of speed dating. And at some point, I just had the opportunity to say, like, are you okay to this ghost? And he just said no, and then left. And then I had no way to, to interact with him after that, at least nothing nothing that I could find. So, I, you know, I, when I'd go back to the room, he wasn't there. He wasn't in the list in the graveyard menu where you can go back and, like, replay dates or see more details about people. Uh, so I think I just locked myself out of, of dating that particular ghost. I never even got to learn his name because he doesn't speak to you. Uh, if you, you know, and I didn't like, I didn't intentionally piss him off. He just seemed really temperamental. So yeah, I, I probably will need to reset the game in order to go back to that. And I also think I may have locked myself out of other later game content. Nate, you played stuff that seemed to come up after you complete all of the dating. Yes, Mm -hmm. there. So I didn't, Laura, before we were recording, you were calling it an expansion. Was there an actual expansion of this game or is it just like, so there's a part where you can go to hell. <laughs> yeah, I think that's an expansion to the game that, or, you know, in the two years since it's been out on Steam. Yes. So the the expansion pack, uh, it's free expansion. So the, the idea is you, on paper, you can date like, you know, three people per room, nine dates. Uh, but once you do that, you can kind of go on an extra thing. Um, and mm-hmm. then after that, um, that's when the expansion pack starts, um, where you can actually go to hell and date another round of of ghosts. And apparently there's even more after you date all the ghosts in hell, you can click on the brochure and there's even like a little extra end games content. So Reagan didn't date all nine. I got to the beginning of the expansion and it sounds like Nate played more of the expansion just for context while we're talking about this. Yeah, so there's yes. definitely stuff in this game that I haven't gotten to yet, which I'm not 100% sure if there's some way for me to get to it without resetting and starting over. Uh, if that is the case, I would say that's a bit annoying. Um, if, I don't think you do. Okay, I might just I might just be missing something. Um, maybe there's a ghost I missed or something. But in, in any case, <laughs> um, I, I, I need to go back and finish uh, exploring that. Although I'm pretty sure I got like essentially the main meat of the game. But there is a lot of that sort of like... Something else that's really odd about this is that the game is really designed to sort of feel like each individual date is its own little playthrough. Because it you know after you complete any date with any ghost, it it doesn't just like take you back to the room. It boots you all the way back out to the main menu. So I thought once I'd gotten to the point where I dated all but, I think all but one of the ghosts that I actually had the opportunity to date, I was like, oh, okay, I must just be done. I didn't realize there was going to, or, you know, almost done. I didn't realize there was going to be additional content afterwards because it does sort of feel like like here's your here's your little menu of playthrough experiences you can have with each of these ghosts. I didn't really understand that there was going to be more that would open up once I'd completed all of them. Yeah, I think the only way that they telegraph that is with the graveyard, which is an interesting um, kind of bit of iconography and 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 hinting at what the game has to offer. Because when you open the game, uh, there's you know start game, and then there's a thing that says visit graveyard, and it's a single screen 
that when you start the game, it is a whole bunch of headstones that all have big question marks on them. And as you go on these dates, the headstone becomes revealed with the name of the person that you went on the date with, and you can tap on it, and you can see uh, it'll tell you their name, uh, what the what they are, like the spirit of despair, things like that, which is really interesting. And if they shared with you how they died, and then a whole paragraph sort of recapping who they are and the things that you learned about them on the date. Classic sort of RPG thing, right? And then at the bottom, there's a little tab that says beach. If you click on that, there's four more headstones that if you just do the quick math, like what are these? So that that to me telegraphed that either there were hidden choices in within the world of the game that would maybe reveal additional uh, ghosts or there was just additional content that you had to get to. Uh, but I did enjoy after going on a, a date, going back to the uh, going back to the graveyard and being able to read that stuff. And then from there, you can also replay dates because there are decisions that you make within the dates that impact how the date goes. Uh, not in any, as far as I could tell, not in any sort of like you win or lose the date because the, I think we should talk about like kind of what the dates are a little bit here in a moment, but um, you can go and redo them to just see what happens differently. Yeah. Can we talk about what how the dates work before spoilers or should we go ahead and uh, and do a spoiler I break? Think, I think we can because I to think me we the, can. the date is often unfinished business. It's often the ghost wanting to work through whatever they talked about or do whatever they were excited about doing. Yeah, they're just sort of going to try to introduce you to their life outside of the speed dating realm uh which yeah. sometimes is sad or spooky or interesting but it's not really like romantic date dates right it's not a date date this is where it started to feel like little like text adventure games even where where the uh you are often making choices in the same dialogue box style that you were before but it's actually sort of changing what you do on the date. like you know one instance you go and you uh you haunt some people together because that's what the ghost likes to do. This particular ghost likes to haunt people and you actually go and you get to make decisions about the haunting and how it's going to set up. And then uh, you sort of view the, the haunting with the other ghosts and the people that come in, go through the like home alone style, the series of haunting decisions that you made and you get to see how it goes. And you can even, so that's where you could like replay that date if you wanted to set up the the haunts in a different order and see how the people go through them. It, uh, it's more like that than it is like an, a, rom- a romantic date. There's like a, literally a football game that you go through and can play. There's all sorts of weird little mini games almost that uh, that the the dates take you through. Yeah, yeah, but they're not always mini games. They also might be like a really meaningful like conversation. Yes. So yes. it's 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 very they're tonally all over the place. Yeah, um, but you know what you're you kind of know what you've opted into because the tone fits the ghost personality so well. It's not like you go and talk to a nice old lady and then suddenly you're like murdering someone in the mini date like they they match very well so you can kind of pick your mood Um, when you pick your person you have a really good sense of what the mini date might be it it that not that's not to say that doesn't surprise you but tonally they fit very well at the end of the the speed dating rounds they kind of tell you what they want to do if you're willing to go with them on a date and so whenever i first was making the choice of 
what I thought was I was only going to get to go on a date with one of these three ghosts. It was actually kind of a hard choice because they all presented what they wanted to do and they all kind of sounded interesting or fun. Mm-hmm. So I was actually glad when it turned out that you could just go with all, go with all of them. It's very night in the woods. Yeah, I thought I had to uh, had to pick just one and uh, was particularly like when I had to choose between Stephanie and Hattie. I was like, mm-hmm. which of them is, is you know, which which one of them am I going to go hang out with? Uh, so I was pleased when I realized, oh, you can just click back through. You skip straight past all of the speed dating portion and jump straight to going on the dates. So once you've done that, you can, you can go on at all of them. wonderful. I was very happy about that. And that's why I was saying, like, at the beginning, like, this game doesn't have most of the tropes of, of a dating game where you, like – your decisions are kind of final and you you are ultimately just trying to pick one person. Mm-hmm. It's really if you've succeeded in unlocking the date, then you get to do it, which is fun. And I'm glad they made that decision. Yeah. So altogether, I'd say this is just a really fun uh, little narrative delivery system. You know, it does a great job of uh, introducing characters in an incredibly compressed time span, which I guess is the goal of uh, of speed dating, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But also it works in this narrative context. Uh, and then each of these little characters branches out into their own little conversation that each has something to say, something to say about death, so, some theme specific to them. We are probably going to save them for after the uh, the spoiler break, but each of them has a spirit of blank that is essentially what theme is covered by their uh, their little uh, route, if you will. Um, and so, you know, each of them is a little vignette and it's just this game is like a really nice little narrative vignette delivery system that uh, was well written. I really enjoyed playing through it. I am nervous sometimes going into choose your own adventure uh, interactive fiction games like this um, because it feels kind of like watch like listening to a this American life episode where you don't know <laughs> if it's going to be like it might be like this episode is about balloons and then five minutes later like a child's dying yeah (laughs) that's what i feel like this it's like playing emotional roulette i feel like this game does have a lot of that spontaneity and a lot of variety but i i felt like it was safe with my emotions like when you have a conversation with someone and they want to turn into talking about death it is with a bit of distance there are sad things in this game and people are going through stuff. They're ghosts. I mean, they're dealing with their death. Worst case scenario, all of these ghosts have time to work through this stuff, even if you don't see <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So it's 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 less an emotional roller coaster because really it's just like talking with someone who's having some problems. If you can listen to an advice podcast, you can play this. It's not <laughs> as um, immediate as I thought it might be. That's a good point. Yeah. This game is heavier than it is funny, but it's not yes. too it's not too heavy to just sit on your couch and play. And it's through. still a little funny. It's actually still oh, funny yeah. in many places. It's got some good. It is got funny. A ton of charm. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, charm is actually probably a better word than funny because there's not a whole lot of straight jokes. Some of the characters, some of the ghosts, are del- deliberately uh, and intentionally funny, but a lot of them are. It's more. It's more sad or interesting or or deep or ho- horrific than it is uh, necessarily funny or light. But to your point, Laura, like the 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 delivery system of this and the fact that like every ghost chose to be engaging in this system, you know, this is like the ghost had to sign up for speed dating. So there's still this like openness to share. You're not like digging into people's lives when they don't want to share everything is a deliver. They all want to share it. 
and it moves so quick that while it might be a heavy subject, uh, some of these ghosts died in ways that you may or may not have personal connections to people who've also um, maybe passed away in similar uh, ways that can be really, really heavy. It is light enough and quick enough that they don't sit on one thing and make you think about it too much. Yeah, for example, um, just two of the screenshots I took back to back, they're in different rooms, but uh, someone says dying doesn't make people more interesting. But my next screenshot says you're pretty hot for a ghost. So you get some changes. You get some variety. Yeah. Yeah. So Speed Dating for Ghosts is available on iOS, the Nintendo Switch, itch.io, and Steam. I didn't check prices before going into this. On uh, itch.io, it's uh, $6.99. How much was it on iOS? $2.99. $2.99. And I, I don't know what it uh, what it costs on the Nintendo Switch, although I think any of those platforms is going to be perfectly fine for it. This being a totally like narrative text-based thing, I think, you know, an iOS version of this would be perfect. Uh, or if you prefer a Nintendo Switch or whatever it is, any version of this is probably going to be just fine. Uh, lengthwise, I'd say that uh, if you want to see the whole thing, it's going to be a couple hours. It's not um, the longest game in the world, but I... I I do think it fits into that respect your time because, again, you can skip all the speed dating rounds and go straight to the dates, which most dating sims really should add. Yeah. And it's also very uh, – it's structured in a nice way where, it, you know, after you've completed a date, boots you out to the menu and it does sort of feel like, well, I'll come back to this and play the next date later or something like that. It's it's well-structured for that sort of thing. So both short and well-structured for respecting your time uh, and uh, narratively thought quite interesting. Uh, So we're going to have our spoiler break here, and then we're going to talk about some of the specific dates and ghosts that we enjoyed. So if you're hopping off here, thank you for listening to The Short Game. You can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net or on Twitter at underscore short game. And of course, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the short game. And all of our patrons at any level get access to our Discord, which is where we hang out and talk about the show and the conversations that happen on this show usually begin there. So please join us on our Discord if you want to uh, have some conversations or tip us off about a game that you think would be good for the show, any of the above. Of course, you can also find me directly on Twitter. I'm at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And Nate, where can people find you? Also on Twitter at Nate STL. And I just want to shout out all the recent people who joined the Patreon. It's been nice having you in the Discord. Yes. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, so thanks to all of those folks. And here it is, your spoiler break. So the first ghost I want to talk about is Leon, the spirit of greed. He is someone who has lived his whole life basically as a criminal stealing. Started. You, you learn about his... Uh, his whole history uh, is like a child was stealing into adulthood, was stealing things, eventually went to prison and died in prison. I think he got stabbed to death in prison. Um, and naturally, as a ghost, he wants to continue robbing because why not? You know, now you're a ghost. There's there's no reason not to steal things. Uh, but there's difficult things about being a thief while uh, being a ghost. Like you can move objects. We've we learn in this game that ghosts, if they really concentrate, it's difficult. But if they really concentrate, they can move objects in the real world, which is awesome. But you so and they can go through walls, which is great. Right. 
So you could, so you've got all the pieces. You could move through walls. So you could go into a bank. You could pick up the money because you can move things. However, you can't carry that money through the wall. So you have to have someone who can open up the vault door. And you got to have a whole team to organize this thing to, to rob to rob a bank because the money has to get out of the vault somehow. I, I really loved that he just shows up at the uh, at the speed dating and his first his first words to you when you sit down with him are, do you want to rob a bank? Yeah, yeah. it's so Literally funny. asking everyone. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's He is at speed dating to get a crew, which is so funny. And then they do add a little bit like they're like, why do you need money? And you also learn throughout the game that ghosts, there are ghosts who directly interact with people. And so he wants to get money to be able to buy in to 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 give to real humans in order to do the things he wants them to do, which is also a really interesting concept. Uh, and, and these are little things that they barely poke at in this in this date. But uh, so it's you, Spooky Peter, Leon, <laughs> which and, of course he joined. Yeah, which of course he joined, which is a funny which was a funny thing uh, uh, when he shows up, and then. Carlsbad, a human who, for whatever reason, has been able to see and talk to ghosts his whole life, which is definitely like a sixth sense sort of thing. But um, he is a he's a bank teller and he's really, really upset at the bank uh, because they wouldn't give him a loan or something like that. So, yeah, that's they wouldn't give him a loan. So he wants to help rob the bank so he can get the money to open a vape store. To open, yeah, yeah, that's right. There was, there was very hell or high water. Yeah, there's some silly. Uh, yeah, he wants to live his vape life or whatever. Yeah, which you know that that is a very now joke. I think unfortunately, if you're playing this in like ten years, you'll be like, "What the hell is this? this yeah, what is he talking about?" Well, I'm, confu- I'm I'm curious what you guys think about this. Like the Leon one seemed like the most obvious. Like this is just in here to be funny or just in here as a joke. Yeah. Do you think there's like a theme to Leon's uh, storyline the way there is with other uh, other ones? or is this pretty much just here to be a a good joke? It is a good joke. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but it's kind of like people in this world, the ghosts are very much like what they were in their life. And so if all you did in your life was steal stuff, you're going to find a way, come hell or high water, no pun intended, to um, go, like, to steal stuff. Regardless of whether that makes sense to do, yeah. If, if yeah. it's your hobby, you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what it seems like what this was is like, yeah, he's going to plan bank heist because that's his favorite thing in the world to do. And he'll find a way to do it in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he can do it without all of the repercussions of what it meant to be a, a thief while being alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it was fun. This was definitely, I think, the lightest of all of them. And that's why I wanted to start with that one. Like, I do think there's some interesting just like ghost mechanics that they talk about in this game uh you know that kind of get outlined here about how they can interact with the real world and and how they can talk to some humans and things like that but overall it's more just like a fun little choose your own adventure on whether you uh successfully rob the bank or not and what you get away with which is fun it to me also seemed like a good balance of the this is the first room that I think all we all three of us played. And it was like, do you want to go comfort, like anxiety boy? Do you want to go uh, spook people and go to a crazy mirror world? Or do you want to rob a bank? Like, yeah, very different choices. It, it, this really felt to me like 20% of like the interactive fiction games I could put in the eye of comp every year. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be like a wacky setup 
to to there's like always heist games in IF comp. Mm-hmm. And this felt mm-hmm. like a like a micro heist game in an IF comp, which yeah. is fun. It was fun, yeah. And uh, I I could talk about any of the ghosts that we that I that I dated. They were all pretty fun, but I think yeah. the one that that stuck with me afterwards most was Hattie. Uh, Hattie appears as a kind of, of a floating blob, or actually kind of like a cluster of floating blobs, but like soft, cute blobs that you know kind of expresses the sort of softness of her personality. And, and she kind of has the face of an older woman, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the little wrinkles, the little glasses. glasses. I think she calls herself Cotton Balls, and then you as a character have mm. a choice to say pollen. <laughs> I didn't catch that actually. It may may not have come up in my uh, in my conversation mm. route. Mine neither. Yeah, I like it. She's uh, yeah. So she's she's very sweet, and her whole deal is uh, about like if she's got this time uh, as a as a dead person, she wants to do something positive with it, and so she haunts the old folks' home that she once lived in, where she died, and tries to tries to do what she can to make the process easier for the the people that live there um including you find out her um her husband i think right or partner mm-hmm. who's uh, who's in the process of dying basically when you go on the date with her so it's this uh you know the, when you look at her afterwards in the thing she's listed as a spirit of compassion and uh you know it, it I don't know if I have anything to say about it other than that it was a very sweet story about somebody who, you know, being dead, uh, hangs out with nearly dead or dying people and just likes to try to whisper in their ears something like, there's more, don't worry, there's more to come, you know? And I thought yeah. that was really lovely. It's just, it was very touching. So um, it is the opposite of Spooky Peter. It is very, very much the opposite nice. of Spooky Peter. Yeah. My favorite thing about Hattie is when you go to the graveyard afterwards, it's a shared tombstone of her and Milton. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I know. I actually have been sitting here looking at the grave, uh, the graveyard again. And I didn't like that one, obviously, I noticed. But there's some other interesting things that they've done here, which the way in which their grave, uh, sto- their, their headstone is depicted is also a bit of, at least for a couple of them, a uh, indicator of what happened to them in in the real world. So like Peter's gravestone is crumbling and old and falling apart. Mm. So you can see that it's like really, really old. Vera's is an urn, which makes sense because of how she died. Mm. Yeah, Um, which we will get to briefly. Yeah, (laughs) Gary's, which we'll get to briefly or get to soon, is just like a signpost. It's not even a headstone. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, some really interesting uh, artwork there. And speaking of Vera, so Vera being an urn, Vera is the spirit of despair. When you click on their gravestone, you can also look at the years alive. And I don't know why this always surprises me, but someone who dies in the 50s, of course, would have been alive in 1891. But I'm always like, people who cross centuries just always like you and I. My brain. Like Mm -hmm. we do. (laughs) We are are these people. And everyone's going to be like, Laura was born in the 1980s. Hundreds, yes. <laughs> 1900s my god i know um but so vera is the lady in smoke she is like a famous ghost that ghost hunters hunt and i love that they included one of these in here um her design is she's smoking a cigarette and it's coming out in like valves in her back <laughs> like she's puffing smoke out like she is the design i'd imagine like elaine stritch being and if she died in vegas um, but so you're talking to her and of course, like 
I assumed Vera died of lung cancer. False. Um, Vera was the assistant to a very rich man in uh, Vegas, and he was killed in a coup with his son, who then murdered Vera by setting her house on fire and burning her alive while she was napping uh, to cover the evidence up. So she is both a uh, smoking broad and like someone who died in a fire. So you talk to her and she's got this really dark past and you find out her daughter was safe and her date is actually a seance. Like you think you're going on a normal date with her, but then she hears voices. You go to the seance room and her daughter who is 70 is contacting her. Um, And you have the choice of whether or not you want to say it was an accident or you want to explain the whole, um, the whole death scenario because Vera is too choked up to, to talk. So I, of course, explained the truth because I thought that was most interesting. And, and the daughter's like, yeah. forgives her and is like, you didn't abandon me. You were taken from me. It's not your fault. Um, so it it gets all the parts I like about the famous ghosts. You got ghost hunters. You got seances. She's a celebrity. <laughs> uh, she's cool. Um and also it gets really heartfelt. Like she gets to forgive her daughter, who looks great, by the way. The character design of the daughter is like a, a librarian, which is just wonderful that this um, Vegas executive assistant has such, such a buttoned up daughter. But uh, I really, I picked this as my favorite because she was set up as one person at the beginning. And the more you learn about her, the more she's got this much richer life underneath. And she enjoys being a celebrity ghost. (laughs) Yeah. I think that was the most touching one of the whole thing. Um, And I think the interaction with her daughter uh, was some of the most emotional part of this game. So um, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. Yeah. And she's also got a little revenge. Like she, she's haunting Mm -hmm. rich people in Vegas and making their lives hell because they deserve it. Uh, So the the other one I wanted to talk about is Gary. And this is the one that Reagan got himself locked out of. I want to talk about Gary for a couple of reasons. One, he's the most obvious and purposefully scary ghost. Like Mm -hmm. there's spooky Peter, but he just, he looks, he's, he, he is scary, but he is not, he looks like, not as scary as Gary. Gary looks like a ghoul, right? Yeah. Like big, mm-hmm. long, drawn face. And his music is terrifying. And he gets mad and like the whole screen shakes and you and it's like rumbly and and really, really haunting, especially for such simple uh animation. Like it actually did make me go like, oh, you know, when he kind of gets angry and the whole thing shakes. And his whole deal is that he does not remember who killed him or how he died. Uh, And he is the spirit of vengeance. And so he wants to learn uh, how he died and like who killed him and, and to possibly get vengeance for it. Uh, And what you learn is that he was, he he had, his date is going back to the place that he died. This is already pretty heavy. Right. And on the date, he remembers by being in that place, uh, you learn that he had started an accounting business with a partner of his, and he had uncovered that the partner had been stealing small bits of money from their clients over a long amount of time, like slightly overcharging their clients for things and pocketing the excess. And they got in a fight, and it was actually Gary killed his partner. Mm-hmm. And so all of this, he throughout his date and throughout, he keeps 
talking about this knife and the life draining from his body because of the knife. And what you learn is he's actually remembering himself killing his partner Mm. and he killed his partner with a knife. So it's not his own death. He's remembering it's that, that he had killed his partner and then he dies by cop because the police come and he is so cannot comprehend what has happened. He's standing there holding a knife. He's in such shock at what he had done that the cops eventually shoot him because they've been telling him to stop and he's just holding this knife. And so he gets killed by the cops. Uh, and it's like, oh shit, like this is, this was a murder and then like essentially suicide by cop. And he's the one who murdered this guy. So mm-hmm. he's like the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a pretty interesting reveal and it kind of explains why he looks so awful. He wasn't just, he's, you, you start out thinking maybe he's a murder victim, but in fact, he's a murderer who was then shot by the cops. Which explains all the like holes in his body. Yeah, and explains why his headstone is just a little sign that just says Gary. It's like they're, he's not going to go out as a hero, right? It, mm-hmm. From every, from the outside looking in, uh, who knows if what he uncovered even got released. So from the outside looking in, it's like this guy just went crazy, killed his partner and they got shot to death by the cops after playing and looking back at the character designs and this is something i really wanted to mention beforehand but didn't they incorporate bits of their death into the designs so i thought smoking lady in smoke was why she had the holes but like gary having that like pockmark ridden thing and you realize it was gunshots it's like oh gary Um, yeah and so and i mentioned that earlier too about how i wish i had played in the first room because i think some of the design choices in the first room are very obvious and it becomes more subtle after that so uh riley who um basically you know, he dies from playing football from like CTE yeah. and other things. He uh, and other things that like football can do to your body. His is the most obvious visual representation because he his head has a football half lodged into it. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, he died by playing by a head injury extending from football. And that one is the most obvious. And all the rest of these characters have some sort of visual representation of how they died. But they're not always as as obvious as that one. Yeah, and sometimes, again, they have double meanings. Like, you meet this anxiety ghost, and he's dripping, and you assume he's just, like, a sweaty dude, and then you found out he drowned. Yeah, like, right. They, they get this nice double effect from it. Um, later on in the expansion, there are actually some, like, fun connections between ghosts that you can only figure out if you're paying attention to the character designs. Oh, interesting. I The, the expansion has some interesting stuff, too, because there's, like, demons. They're not even ghosts. There's a dog... Uh, and is a really, really nice, but also sad thing about how when a dog dies, it brings a part of its human with them to the afterlife. It, it's it's really touching and really sad, especially if you're an animal lover. So with that, <laughs> yeah, with that, I would definitely recommend people check this game out. And uh, thanks for sticking with us to the end of the episode and past the spoiler break. And uh, if you are here, uh, hope you enjoyed the game. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. And uh, thank you very much for listening to the short game.